Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Peachy Talk podcast. This is episode 108 and today I'm going to do yet another bonus episode as we're gearing up for season three of the podcast. Today I wanted to talk about good habits that we can develop at various stages of our career. So I'm going to talk first about some good habits that you can develop during your PhD. Then I will look at good habits that you can develop as a postdoc. Now round off with some good habits to develop on the tenure track. So let's start off with some good habits to develop during the PhD. Now, of course, you want to invest time during your PhD and especially at the beginning of the PhD to develop some good habits um, of which you will reap the benefits in the later years. Now, there are a few habits that I think are essential that will save you time in the long run so that if you start with them early, you will bear the fruits of them over the years to come. The first one is to set up systems to store your references. So first of all, you need to think about a reference management software system that you'll be using. Choose one at the beginning of your PhD and unless you have major inconveniences with it, stick with one reference management software in which you keep all your references and that you can use for citations when you write any type of text. You're also going to need to think about how you're going to take your notes of what you read and, of course, how you're going to store those notes. You also need to figure out where on your computer you're going to save your references. And of course, these oral systems, right, that help you make your research run smoothly. So think about the systems in the beginning of your research journey so that you can start to build on from there as you read more, that you don't find yourself in the situation that you're halfway through your PhD, you've read 300 articles, you have notes and observations scattered all over the place, and then you have to figure out how to store that information together. It's better to invest upfront in these type of systems. The second thing to think about, also related to systems, is really to think about the architecture of your folders. Typically, the way we store our information grows very organically. So think about how you're going to organize all this information. Think about the tree structure of the folders on your computer, how you're going to back up that information, if you're going to have that information in a cloud service, and don't let it grow organically or you will have a lot of difficulties finding things back. You can think of basic folders such as teaching, if you're a teaching assistant, courses, if you're taking courses, research, events, literature, etc. The third one to develop early on is to develop a data management protocol. So most universities by now have a data steward or have various data stewards. If you're thinking about how you're going to manage your research data, the best thing that you can do is Talk to the expert, right? Ask for a meeting with this person or see if they organize workshops. Think about how you're going to store and back up your data, how you're going to work with code and spreadsheets you develop, and how you're going to identify changes you make over time. Have a way to log the changes and have commentary on your code can be so, so important. And of course, how and if you're going to make your data public. The fourth very good habit to develop during your PhD is to learn how to plan. Now, I, I like to talk about planning and a PhD is a long journey. So you need to have some planning skills to tackle a three or four year project. 
If you haven't had a course in project management, then try to get the basics of the discipline. Learn to plan your days, your weeks, your months, your semesters and years, and set reasonable goals for the different timeframes that you're looking at. Learn to plan in time for the different responsibilities that you have as a PhD student, because you're balancing a number of things, right? You're taking courses, you're doing your research, perhaps you're helping with teaching, you're preparing for presentations, you have paper deadlines coming up, you're writing journal papers. So there's a lot of things going on at the same time. Learn how to get a grasp from that. The fifth habit is the habit to deliver before the deadline. So you're not in school anymore where you can pull an all-nighter and finish a homework. If we are looking at high-quality research reports, you want to have more than just those all-nighters. You need the time to think about the research, to carry out the research task, to write a report, to edit your writing, and enough time for your supervisors to read, edit, comment on your work. So learn to plan in buffer so that you can develop high quality work and submit on time or even before the deadline. And last one, and certainly not the least one, is set yourself up to find work-life balance. Learn to set healthy boundaries to work during your PhD because that's going to help you set yourself up for long-lasting success in graduate school. Find time for your friends and social activities, sports, hobbies, relaxing, get enough sleep, so important and whatever you need to charge your batteries. So these are six habits that I think you really should start to develop at the beginning of your PhD. Next up, I would like to talk about some habits to develop as a postdoc. So it's kind of a continuation here, right? If you haven't developed any of these habits during your PhD, for sure try to develop them as a postdoc. Now, what is different in the postdoc years, it's that postdocs are not a one type fits all. You have postdocs that are involved with teaching and other postdocs that are fully dedicated to research. Maybe you have a funded project, maybe you have personal funding. So there's already more diversification of the paths and tasks on the postdoc level. I'm assuming that by the time you're a postdoc, you have solid research skills and you're able to learn the skills that you're going to need in new projects. Even if you are hired on a funded project, it's very likely that you'll be writing proposals. So I'm assuming that you have those skills and I'm not putting those habits in the list because they kind of are part of the regular task package. Here I have again a list of key habits that I think are very important for postdocs. And the first one is to set up a system to read new articles. So you, you may have your project, you may have things very well identified, but you need to think about the future as well. So you need to think about applying for funding for yourself or other projects in the future, topics that are of your interest, and find gaps in the literature that can be timely. So keeping a finger at the pulse of the literature is super important, not just during the postdoc years after that as well. So figure out what you're going to do to keep up with the literature. You can set alerts to get notifications of new papers. You can read certain journals from the cover. You can review and get the latest insights before they even get published. And make sure you also set aside regular time for reading and browsing the literature. It's easy to get fully bogged down in a project, but it's so important long-term to keep reading. The second is to really start thinking about your publishing pipeline. So as a postdoc, you typically still have material from your PhD to publish. 
unless you did a paper-based thesis. And then at the same time, you're going to be working on one or more projects. So it's tempting to focus on just a project you're hired on and leave writing papers from your PhD for when you're quote-unquote done. But I'm sorry to tell you, there's no such thing as ever being done. So you will have to find the time to write and, and develop such a publishing pipeline. The third good habit is to really invest time in relationships. As with all careers, and regardless of whether you stay in academia or not, your connections to others matter. People are always a good use of your time. So find time to mentor the new PhD students, make friends with postdocs from different departments and from outside your university, develop strong social ties. Don't become that neglected postdoc who is withering away in the basement laboratory, become part of your community on campus, within your university and outside. For me, my good ties to my colleagues within university have been most crucial in my career and perhaps more important than my publication record. The fourth one is to start thinking what makes you unique as a researcher and start to build your profile as such. So as a PhD student, your path may be rather set, although you may have space to develop your research along the accents of your interest, you, you will always be seen as the student of Professor X. But as a postdoc, your first step is going to lie in the choice of the project and where you apply. And then you hopefully landed a position based on your strengths or based on the skills you want to achieve rather than based on where you could find a job. But as you start to think about the next steps after your postdoc, it's important to know your strengths and to think about your future research lines and start to build your profile along those lines. Start to think what makes you, you as a researcher. You're not anymore the student of Professor X, you are Dr. Y, and people need to start seeing you as such. And then similar along, along similar lines is to build a network outside of your professor's network. So you, we're thinking here about starting to build your profile as you, so not as the postdoc of Dr. X. So you want people to really start identify you as Dr. Y, who's working on topic Z. Come out of the shadow of your PI, don't trail behind them, and look for other venues to attend, other groups to form part of that are complementary to the network of your research group and where you can identify your identity as a researcher. That's for postdocs. Now let's have a look at the tenure track. So I'm assuming you have developed all those habits that I mentioned for PhD students and postdocs, and now we're adding on for people on the tenure track. I've uh, identified this list based on a few handful habits that have served me during my tenure track years and beyond, and I think they are excellent habits to develop. So the first one is to develop systems to keep track of various projects. During your PhD and postdoc, you may have just one project at a time, but during the tenure track years, you may be juggling multiple projects, multiple PhD candidates perhaps, and you need to find a system in terms of architecture of folders and filing system for your paper files that works for you. This is kind of a step up from what I mentioned for PhD students. And one of the things that I started to do is to have a different notebook per project and per PhD candidate, and that works well for me. It's is low tech, but it helps me to have the notes of one project in one notebook, another project in another notebook. The other one, 
or the second good habit is to find a balanced schedule. So as a faculty member, you'll be teaching, doing research, writing, service, admin, and all the other responsibilities that are competing for your time and attention. It's difficult to say no to increasing service and admin demands. So you need to find a way to put a lid on these. There's various ways to do. First of all, is your contract and the percentage of time you're hired to dedicate to different categories and compare those values to how you're really spending your time. You can, for example, track your time for a week. You can also develop a weekly template in which you outline what your week looks like and how you put in time to all these various responsibilities that you have. And so that you actually also put in the time to work on things that are important, but not urgent, such as writing papers. And the third thing to do is to really try and put limits on service by, for example, limiting yourself to reviewing two papers per month or three papers per paper that you publish. So what I do is for the journals of which I'm editor, I, it's, it's kind of clear how many papers I'm expected to handle. But since I take things seriously, I always make decisions quickly when they come to me. And I see that for the handling editors, that typically means, ah, she's responding, so we'll just put more load on her. So I've, I've come to the point where I say, look, I've handled my two papers for this month, for example, please assign the next papers to another editor. The same with reviewing. I try to kind of keep an eye on how many papers I review. I tend to read the abstract and then get curious and then I want to review the paper. And before you know, I review more than 100 papers in a year, which is crazy. So I've come to the point where I say, okay, I look at the number of papers per month. And once I've reviewed a certain number of papers, which kind of depends as well on what the month looks like, whether I have a lot of teaching or not, I will have to tell the editors, I'm sorry, but right now I can't commit to this. The third good habit is to really think in terms of your values, mission, and vision. It kind of sounds a bit like a company, but it's really good during the tenure track to imagine yourself down the road when you have tenure and to see what will you be known for. So identify your research line in a few words, craft your work in a way that it aligns with this research line, and at a deeper level, identify your core values and make sure that these are reflected in what you do. Write your mission statement. Why do you care about your research line? Draft a vision statement for your tenure track years. Combine your mission, values, and what you hope to achieve. And revisit that frequently to see if you're working on something that really makes your heart sing. Number four is to save time for relationships. So tenure track years can be so busy and it just stays busy afterwards too. Sorry to say that. It's easy to get bogged down by work and hide away in your office, but relationships with others in academia are so important. I've already said it, I'll say it again, people are always a good use of your time. So carve out the time to go grab coffee with a colleague, stop for a chat with an admin in the hallway, participate in the social events. And yes, I know that those social events can be more difficult for those of us who also have small children. The last one, well, I'm not quite sure if it's a good habit or not, and that relates to inbox zero. And as I put it, to inbox zero or not to inbox zero, that's a question. I'm a fan of inbox zero myself. So I store emails in respective folders in my tree structure in which I archive everything that I do. It's part of my filing and archiving system, but maybe that doesn't work for you. 
regardless, it's good to think about this. Spend some time during your tenure track years to find out how you're going to deal with the never-ending flood of emails. It just, just never ends. So develop rules for your mailbox, automatic rules that sort things into folders, folder systems, unsubscribe from all the things you don't want to receive, and really try to get a handle and develop systems before you reach that point of complete overload. So these are the tips that I have of good habits to develop during the PhD years, during the postdoc years, and during the tenure track years. It's been quite a lot of information perhaps, so maybe you want to revisit this episode at various times uh, to see if you can get some new ideas from it. Hope it's served. And I thank you all for listening and I'll be back next week for more on PhD Live and Research Mechanics. <laughs>